begins our scripture reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 11 through 23. Hear now the word of God. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of your inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for those of us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Today is All Saints Sunday. All Saints Sunday, a special day in the life of our church, in the life of any church, the life of the church. All Saints Day is actually November 1st, but we in the United Methodist world have learned that we might be able to make people come back for church sometimes on Wednesday, but pretty much during the week we're, we're, we're hard-pressed to get more than just a few people together. So we've developed a tradition long ago um, in many churches, not just United Methodist Church, of what's called translating a feast, where you celebrate a date that falls during the week, such as All Saints Day, and you move it to the first Sunday or the closest Sunday. And so hence the tradition has evolved. Instead of remembering All Saints on the first Sunday of November, the first day of November, we remember it on the first Sunday of November, which is today. And All Saints Sunday, I think it's worth knowing that, that it's important for us to remember, know where it came from. In the early Middle Ages, it developed. If if any of you have grown up in a Roman Catholic background, maybe an Episcopal background, you know that the church's calendar is full of saints, that these men and women have days that they were to be remembered and commemorated and um, given thanks for all they've done for the life of the church and their lives on earth. And there's one, always usually more than one, for every day on the calendar. And in the early earlier days of the church when people were less literate and you might not be in this part of the world knowing what was going on in this part of the world, our medieval ancestors worried that they might forget about a saint. And they were worried that if we didn't remember this particular saint, it might, you know, they were kind of superstitious a little bit, that something might go wrong. 
So they developed the idea of All Saints Day as a sort of a catch-all day for all the saints we don't know about or haven't heard about or the saints we might not know about. It was a day to remember all of those or maybe saints that were still people that were of, of worth, note, but did not have a day dedicated to themselves. So All Saints Day developed. But over the years, as we continue to wrestle with what a saint is, it for us takes on a new meaning. If I were to ask you what a saint is, you might give me a definition that would sound, to, to paraphrase, somebody who's a little bit better than all the rest of them. And when we use the word saint, we often mean it in that way. But when we in church talk about saints, when I talk about saints, I think when Paul in Ephesians, where we just read, talks about saints, that's not the meaning of the word saint. I think the true New Testament meaning of the word saint is not someone who was better than everyone else. A saint instead is anyone who's in relationship with God. It's not about an individual person's holiness. It's about God's holiness given to the individual person. So it is not some sort of natural inborn holiness that makes one a saint, but it's the holiness of God. In other words, the grace of God which claims someone as his son or daughter that makes them a saint. That means, friends, that you are saints. Tell your friends at dinner in a little while that you're a saint. And if they don't believe you, say, my pastor said so. It means I'm a saint. It means the person who's going to cut you off in traffic tomorrow may very well be a saint. And that ought to change how we think of that word. That a saint is not someone who's better than everyone else. A saint is someone who is in a loving, grace-filled relationship with God. That's what a saint is. We're all bound together in God's love. When we said the uh, Apostles' Creed a moment ago, you stood and said that you believed in the communion of saints. When that, what that means when we say that is we believe that this, all these saints that I've been talking about, we are bound to one another in one communion, in one fellowship, in one body. That's what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians, the one body of Christ, this communion of saints, that we are one body of Christ bound together by the love of Jesus. And the good news for us to remember on this All Saints Day is that that love of God is so powerful and so full that it transcends the grave. That we are bound to one another, the saints that are here in this beautiful sanctuary, the saints that are worshiping somewhere else this morning, the saints that are sleeping in. We are bound together in a real way in the love of God, in a way that's just as powerful as we are continuing to be bound with the saint, to the saints that are now with God. One church, one body of Christ, one communion of saints made up of those that are here on earth and those that now rest with God. We are still bound together in the love of God. On All Saints Day, as we will here in a moment, we especially remember those saints in our lives who are with God. We'll have a moment where we remember those members of our central family that are now with God. But if you're like me on this All Saints Sunday, you also come with some other saints in mind for you. I always wear this stole on All Saints Sunday because it was a gift of my grandmother's. Two saints who now rest with God. 
I think of other people to whom I'm connected, friends, family members, people I can name. I think of the countless ancestors who I have no idea who were or are or anything about. I'm bound to them. I'm bound to the Apostle Paul who wrote the words that we just read in a way that's just as real. All of us, all of us who share the love of God are bound together. And today we gather to remember and celebrate some of those saints. The ones we'll name in a moment and also those we simply carry with us in our hearts. We gather to remember that we continue in the love of God to be bound with to one another. And that binding can't be undone. And I know some of us are here today with heavy hearts and grief. But on All Saints Day, I I urge us to remember that we may gather with heavy hearts because someone we love we don't see every day like we used to. We may have lost someone dear. But we gather today to celebrate that they are with God and we continue in the love of God to be bound to them. How fitting is it then that we celebrate this sacrament of Holy Communion on All Saints Sunday. This meal of grace. Uh, One of the ways I like to think of communion is sort of our family meal. Maybe you like I and and, and my family. Some of those, we don't do anything without eating. And some of those best memories are gathered around the family table. And in my family, the family table is often metaphorical. Because the real grown-ups get to sit at the big table in the dining room. And even if you're 45 years old, you might be eating at a rickety card table on the back porch. I don't have any ill will in that regard. I want to be clear. This is our family meal. It reminds us that we gather this morning in the presence of Christ. That we gather here in worship just as other Christians in other places are gathering in worship. Just as other members of the communion of saints are worshiping with God right now in heaven. We gather around our family table as a way to remember our continuing connection to God and as a way to remember our continuing connection to one another. So as you come to the Lord's table this morning, as we hear the roll of the saints read, let us gather and remember with thanks for what God has done and what God will do. And in a spirit of celebration even, that we continue to experience connection and unity in the love of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.